بالله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونستهديه ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهدي الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له ونشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله سيد المرسلين وخاتم النبيين ورحمة للعالمين وصلى الله وآله الطاهرين الذين أضحب الله عنهم الرجس وطحرهم تطحيرا أوصيك بعض الله ونفسي بتقوى الله Today happens to be Friday the 13th and I would like to talk about this superstition and relate it with some of the things which goes on in our own community. <clears throat> in the West, you know, Friday the 13th is considered to be an unlucky day. According to the information, uh, we are told that, you know, few people go for shopping on this day, few people travel, so that should be the day if you are looking for lower fares. <clears throat> on the Friday 13th and no one wants to get married on that, that day. Majority of high-rise buildings in, the, in, in this part of the world, they don't have 13th floor. And according to the uh, information given by stressed, uh, Stress Management Center, it has been estimated that 800 to 900 million dollars are lost in business on that day in the US. Because people will not fly and not do business uh, that they would do normally. <clears throat> Even some of the hospitals don't have, you know, room number 13. Now, where does it come from? Um, we are not sure about it. One of the um, suggestions are that in the Last Supper of uh, Christ, according to the Christian, you know, um, belief, on Thursday night when he met, there were 13 individuals, Jesus and 12 of his uh, apostles, and one of them betrayed him. And so that is considered to be, you know, uh, number 13, which is not a lucky number. But this idea of number 13 being bad omen or unlucky or nahas as we call it, you know, manhus. Uh, this has actually gone across uh, regions and cultures. Even among the Muslims, you know, number 13 is considered to be unlucky. Even in our calendar, only we say, oh, 13th Rajab is fine because it's the viladat of Amir al-Mu'mineen. <laughs> so his viladat supersede that Nahas uh, or Nuhus uh, of that, that day. And I remember even in the 70s when I was studying in, in, in Qom, if you walk in any alley there, you will see the house numbers. You will say 10, 11, 12, and then it will say 12 plus 1. The house number will never say 13. And so this, this, was the, this, is the, this is the concept which has been there. And I would like to relate that to, uh, since the wedding season is now already in, 
And uh, let me talk about this issue of appropriate debts uh, when we talk about uh, marriage. <clears throat> In our calendar that we have, the religious calendar that we publish, there are two to three days every month in the lunar, lunar calendar which are designated as the days where we say Qamar Dar Aqrab, which means, you know, these are the days when the uh, moon is in the constellation of Scorpio, the, the family of uh, stars. And you will see there is a note which says that according to some ahadith, it is makru to do nikah uh, or, the, or the marriage on those days. Now, let me just explain why do we have that, you know, and what is the, the strength of that? Number one, when we talk about marriage, marriage is, is a good deed. It is a highly recommended deed in Islam. However, we have some ahadith which say don't do the marriage. It is makru to do the marriage on the days when it is Amar Dar Aqrab. And so we are talking about two or three days uh, in every lunar calendar. But what does the word makru here mean? It doesn't mean that, you know, your action of marriage will become makru. Something which is good cannot become makru. What it actually means is that, you know, and it's not that, you know, the moon at that time will have a negative impact on the marriage relationship if it's done on that day. What it means is actually karahat has different meanings. Karahat means sometimes thing, the act itself is disliked. Sometimes the word karahat and makru is used to say that if you do this, at this time, the level of sawab will go down. If you had done the same thing at some other time, then the level of sawab will go up. And so when we talk about amar dar aqrab, when it is said avoid marriage at that time, what it means is that doing marriage is a good deed. It has its own merit and sawab and reward in the eyes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But doing, doing it at that time, the level of sawab decreases. It's just like, you know, for example, we say traveling in the month of Ramadan is makru. What does it mean? Because you'll, you can still do the qadha later on. You can fulfill the, the obligation later on. You have the permission to travel in the month of Ramadan. But when it says it is makru, what it means is that although you will do the qadha later on, but the level of sawab of fasting in the month of Ramadan is higher than fasting at uh, other times. Or for example, it is said it is makru to travel on Fridays after Fajr. Why? Because you will be missing the Friday prayers and the ajr and sawab there. And so this is where we have to realize that, you know, uh, here karahat doesn't mean that the act itself becomes makru. It just means that the level of sawab that you can earn decreases at that time. Now the ahadith that we have about this issue of, you know, qamar dar aqrab and even the, sometimes you will see in certain calendars they say it's nahas and not a good day to do this and that. The ahadiths are not really of a level which will be, um, what do you say, the category of strong ahadith. Our mujtahideen, when they deal with halal and haram, what is wajib and haram, they 
you know, put their total weight in scrutinizing the hadith, whether it is acceptable or not. When it comes to the issues like what is mustahab and what is makru, they have some, you know, standards where things become more lenient. Even if the hadith might not be strong, they will say, let it go. We will accept it because it is not an issue of wajib or, or haram. And these ahadiths which talk about qamar al aqrab come under that uh, category. Where they will not strongly say that, you know, you, um, you know, you act on it. But if you do it, you will get ajr and sawab because it is a statement attributed to the masumin alayhi salatu wa salam. Even if you end up one day seeing the calendar, you know, things don't work out the way you wanted, and you are stuck with that day where it is Qamar Dar Aqrab, there is a solution to that. Go ahead and do your planning of your wedding, but give sadaqah for that day. And inshallah, whatever's bala is there will be averted. And so, the, the, the issue is that, you know, it's, it's not that complicated the way sometimes we make our own lives, you know, when we look at these ahadiths, especially. <laughs> Let me emphasize the point that when we say it is makru to do the nikah or the wedding on Qamar Dar Aqrab, it doesn't mean that, you know, the uh, moon, when it is in that constellation of um, Scorpio, it is going to have an impact on your marital relationship. Not at all. You know, um, what, can you, what, what can poison your relationship in marriage is the sting of the tongue and not the tail of the Scorpio in the stars. Okay? That, that tail of Scorpio is far away. It doesn't impact on your marriage relationship. If you really want to have things, you know, work, it is between the two of you. The husband and the wife are the one who have to work in order to make their marriage a blissful and happy marriage. There is no guarantees. That if you do, you, do, you look at all these things, you know, the days are okay, so everything will be okay. No. You know, I remember once I had to recite, you know, one of the most unpleasant things that I had to do many times is to recite the talaq, divorce. And in one case, I remember uh, the, the family had come at my home, we're sitting there, and once the issues were finalized, we said, okay, we'll recite the talaq. But before I recited it, the, the fellow looks at me and said, Maulana, before doing the marriage, we saw istikhara through you and you said it's good. <laughs> you know, I said, okay, I saw the istikhara, the marriage was good, it didn't come with a lifetime warranty. You know, istikhara can be good, that you are a good match for one another. But whether it is going to survive or not is not, don't, you know, depend on the istikhara or you looked at the day, it was not nahas, it was not qamar dar aqrab, so everything would be okay. No. You still have to work 
in order to make your life, marriage life, blissful and happy. So let's, let's keep that in mind that these things are important, but the most important thing is our own, you know, interaction and behavior towards one another. In Ahsan al-Hadith, Kitab Allah al-Aziz, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, Wal-Asr, Inna l-Insana la fi khusr, Illa al-Ladhina amanu wa amil al-Salihat wa tawasu bil-Haqqi wa tawasu bil-Sabr. الشيطان العين الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله الذي لا إله إلا هو الحليم الكريم غافر الذنب وقابل التوبة وهو الغفور الرحيم ونشهد أن لا إله إلا هو العتوف العباد بجوده والعواد على المضنبين بحلمه ونشهد أن محمد النبيه وحبيبه سيد المرسلين والشفيع المذنبين ورحمة للعالمين صلى الله عليه وآله الداعين إلى سبيل الله بالحكمة والموضة الحسنة قادة الأمم وأولياء النعمة ومعدن الرحمة عوسكم بعد الله بطوب من صلف من ذنوبكم One of the other issues related to um, this theme is as I use this term نحس again and again in many Almanacs, religious calendars that people have, Jantari and things like that. You know, there are, besides this Qamar, there are many days which are known to be not good days for certain activities, including marriage. And this is what I'm saying that, you know, the ahadiths of those categories are not that strong, don't make your life more complicated. Give sadaqah and, and, and move on. What is troubling? I use the example of istikhara. People think, oh, we saw the istikhara, we looked at the dates, there is nothing problem there, so our marriage will be okay. No, there's nothing guarantee in, in that way. It all depends on you both. One of the other things that we see is that, you know, people sometimes say, okay, we have done all these things according to the book. Still, things didn't work out. And sometimes they go beyond what is even there in the books. For example, we, we, I've been talking about the nikah or the wedding date. Sometimes I get the call, Maulana, we have a mandu before that, we have engagement ceremony before that, and then they have another majlis before that. So there are three, four pre-marriage you know, marriage events. So we would also would like to know whether those are good days or not. First of all, those events don't have any significance as far as Islam is concerned. Whatever do they, you want to do it, you know, you do it. There's, there's nothing. This is only about nikah and the marriage itself. But what is, you know, more um, troubling is that sometimes people think that we will have our event, start with Qarat of Qur'an and a hadith kisa and inshallah Qur'an and a hadith kisa will be guaranteed that everything will be okay 
At the end of the Hadith Kisa, we have a statement that wherever these you know, uh, followers of Ahlul Bayt gather and remember this event of uh, Kisa, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will shower his blessings. It's true. But then what happens after that? It's just becoming like istikhara. People think that, you know, reciting Qur'an and having hadith kisa, okay, we have done our part. We have already asked for the blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But then they end up doing things where all the blessings run away. The way the marriage itself is done. Mixed gathering has become a problem. People like me are now in, in the isolation who talk about it. People don't like me on this issue, but this is a reality. When you talk about, you know, music and dancing now, things are increasing. Nasheed, with Nasheed, something else comes in, you know, and, and this is where we have to realize that if you look at the sanctity of this ceremony known as marriage, you start with Quran and Hadith, Hadith Kithar. You know, try to keep it as religious as possible. You know, you can do things in a way where it is a celebration, but do not do things which are haram. You know, because, and not only that, things which are done. Some, some of these dances coming from Punjab or Gujarat, this is Ar Urdu-speaking community, Gujarati-speaking communities. I don't even know what the Arabs do, so I can't use the examples. You know, all the Iranians, the problems are everywhere. They think just because it's be being done by the same culture in those lands, it is okay. No, it is not okay. Many of these dances actually have religious background to it. How it started. And you starting with Quran and Hadith, and then you ended up with some things like that. You know, this is where we have to be careful about this issue. And this is where, you know, an even more bothering issue here is that not only that things are done which are haram, it is immediately posted on social media. So one is something doing munkar, what is haram, and the other is then publicizing it. See, I do this. Where there is a devil, devil, you know, a sin for it. Because a person commits a sin and then even publicizes it, breaks about it, is boasting about it. And we have to realize, you know, that there are certain things even in the marriage ceremonies which are more private issues. When people hire this hall, for example, you know, there is an agreement that the um, administration ask them to sign that you will not post anything done here on social media without asking our permission. Rarely people do that. We see examples later on. People say, Maulana, this is what was happening there. And so that signature there doesn't have any value. We have to realize when you rent a hole <coughs> and if there are conditions attached and you signed on it, it is legally and religiously binding on you to abide by it. So you're already starting, you know, your marriage ceremony which, with the wrong footing there. You're doing something which is haram. Because you have violated the, the conditions on which the rent, rental hall was given to you. 
And these are the issues that we have to really think about it. And let me end with one um, example that we have to think about it. <coughs> Social media, this is, this is really a problem. A marriage did not even last for 24 hours. Why? Because when the nikah was recited, on the lady's side, somebody from their relatives posted the video on, online, and the bride said, I am a very private person. I don't want this to be there, it should be removed. Her demand that it should be removed became a point of contention between both families. And before the 24 hours ends, the talk was about talaq. Think about it. Social media has become our deen and madhab. You know, we don't have this sense of, you know, self-respect for ourselves in, in, in this issue. And especially even according to the norms here in the West, you cannot take a picture of somebody without asking their permission. More so if you want to post it somewhere. This is very common here. And even from religious point of view, it's very important. A lady might be sitting in the lady's side with the hijab, but you don't have a right to post that on social media. Even with her hijab, because she doesn't want, you know, her picture to be displayed um, on, on the media in that way. And these are the issues. Islam is not only namaz and roza and, you know, halal food and haram food. These are issues of interaction with one another, respecting the rights of one another. Wedding ceremonies do not give us that license to do whatever we want. You know, you might have your own, you know, likes and dislikes, but there are limitations that we have to respect. And, you know, we are already into the marriage season. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the tawfiq to understand things in a more wise manner. Not just give in to the desires and hawa and hawas. And be among the true followers of Imam Zaman Ajalallahu Ta'ala Faraj al-Sharif. Allahumma salli ala Sayyid al-Mursaleen wa shafi'il al-Mudhunibin Nabiyyina Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi wa sallam. وعلى إمام المتقين وأمير المؤمنين علي بن أبي طالب صلوات الله عليه وعلى سيدة نساء العالمين سيدتنا فاتمة بنت رسول الله صلوات الله عليها وعلى سيد الشباب أهل الجنة الحسن المشتبى والحسين الشهيد بكر بلاء عليه الصلاة والسلام اللهم صل على عائمة المسلمين علي بن الحسين ومحمد بن علي وجعفر بن محمد وموسى بن جعفر وعلي بن موسى ومحمد بن علي وعلي بن محمد والحسن بن علي عليهم الصلاة والسلام اللهم صل على مولانا لحجة بن الحسن صاحب العصر والزمان 
ما حيا صار البدء والتغيان هادم يا أمنية الشرك والنفاق حاصد فر البغي والشقاق صلوات الله وسلامه عليه وعلى آبائه الكرام ما اتصلت الليالي والأيام اللهم عجل فرج وصح المخرج واكحل ناظرنا بنظرة منا إليه واجعلنا من المستشهدين بين يديه اللهم اجعلنا ممن يتذكر فتنفعه الذكرى إن الله يعمر بالعدل والإحسان ويتائز القربى وينهان الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعذكم لعلكم تذكرون